Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode, another season of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, and I am your host and best friend on this journey through Boutique Land. And I am so excited for all the support that I have heard over the past couple months as I've been taking a break from the podcast. So many of you are like, this is changing my life. This podcast is giving me everything I need to know. This podcast is literally giving me life in my boutique. And do you know how much that honestly means to me? Like, this podcast is something that I had an idea and I went for it. And I sit at my computer and I record these episodes. I edit them. I mix the music. I mix the commercials in the middle. It has truly been a labor of love for me. And so to get the feedback from you guys that this is something that has propelled you forward in your business, honestly, for me, gives me life. So thank you so much for coming back for another season. This season, my goal is really to bring you some more in-depth stuff, some more level two kind of material. Where do you go next in your boutique? What is the refining factors that you need to be thinking about, that you need to be planning for? And I also really want to bring you some more interviews. You know, last season I brought you some and I kind of fell off because you know, things happen, right? But I've got some really cool people lined up for you this season, and I can't wait to share with you some really inspirational women, some really impactful ideas, and I I just really want to help you make 2018 like the best year thus far of your life, because we know 2019 is going to be like next level, next level, right? But this year, I am really focused on helping you live your truly best life Oprah style. So let's do this. Before we get into the episode, I want to make sure you know who I am. I think some of you guys listen to the podcast, but you don't realize I have all these other resources. And you know, that's my fault. I should tell you, right? (laughs) But I run a company called Stylish and Successful. You can find us on the web at stylishandsuccessful.com. And you can see there that I am actually a coach and consultant for boutique owners, for retailers, for people who want to start businesses, mainly boutiques, yes, but I've been an entrepreneur for eight plus years now. And, you know, honestly, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. So I'm excited to help you really get whatever is going on in your business and your life to be better than where it was before we started working together. So if you're at a basics level, I have some really great boot camps for people who want to start boutiques, who are struggling in their direct selling fashion companies. 
And then I have some other programs that are next level. I have Six Figure Blueprint, which is my kind of level two course where you can come and really hit those, those higher five figure months that you're aiming for. Uh, and, and also, I'm writing a second book. I've written a book. If you don't know, I wrote a book called The Ultimate Boutique Handbook. It's available on Amazon in print and Kindle edition. And that should really be your first stop with me if you haven't gotten there yet. So guys, I've got so much stuff. I've been giving you so much stuff on this podcast, but I've got so much stuff in my world that I just, you know, I am here to serve you. I am here to help you. And that is my mission right now in life. And so uh, if you are, if you're with me on this journey, I'd love for you to like my business page on Facebook. It's called Stylish and Success with Emily Benson. And I'd love for you to join my awesome rockin' community of amazing boutique owners, amazing fashion consultants. We are over on Facebook at The Fashion Truck Tribe. If you just type that in the search bar on Facebook, it's going to pop up and I'll put it in the show notes as well. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. But you know, I have more resources than this podcast. So if you started here, if this is kind of where you've lived with me in the scope of our relationship, yes, yes, yes. I'm psyched. That's awesome. But like, let's take it to the next level. I'd love to hang out with you more. I'd love to get to know you more and your business. And listen, I am really working to help as many women as I can over the next couple of years have the most amazing life, the most dreamy boutique. And, you know, at this point, nothing can stop me. So watch out. (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the episode here. Today, I'm very excited to talk about something that I don't know if I've ever really talked about it. We do have a training inside the Boutique Elite Membership Program that goes through some of this, but I want to talk about visual merchandising. What I want you to know is that visual merchandising is important no matter what kind of boutique you have. It really speaks to the shopability of your store. You really always want to be very aware and almost to a ridiculous degree, (laughs) understanding what your customer is going through when they come through your store, right? We are so close to our product. We're so close to our, uh, our items and the way we market things that sometimes we can sort of not truly see what's going on in our store. And so I want to give you a different perspective of how to look at your boutique in a way that's going to help you personally, I think, sell a lot more and be more specific about how you're merchandising. So if you don't understand or know what visual merchandising is, it's truly just how you're displaying items in your store. It's the look, the feel, the flow, uh, the curation of your boutique. And, And so many boutique owners that I meet, they just don't totally understand the intricacies and the subtleties of it, right? And this is where I can come in because I spent many, many, many years uh, merchandising boutiques. I will literally never forget the 6 a.m. wake-up calls I used to get when I lived in New York City. We were launching the Henry Bendel brand, and I would get these frantic texts from my my merchandise uh, manager, the one who was right above me, my, my VP of merchandising, And she would be texting me saying, meet me at the store. And I would have to jump out of bed, throw on clothes, take a cab uptown. And we would spend hours 
moving things around in the store. And for so long, I was just like, oh, why are we doing this? Like, this is so crazy. I and, you know, honestly, I was just really tired in the morning. <laughs> we worked really long hours. But what I realized is that when I had my own store, the visual merchandising like reps that I got in when I worked, especially at Henry Bendo, made me who I am today in terms of being able to walk in a store and knowing what's right and what's maybe not so right about it. And I think this is partially comes intuitively, right? It comes from, again, knowing the reps, doing the reps uh, in stores that I had worked for. You know, when I worked at Abercrombie & Fitch, it was awesome because we would do walkthroughs. We had actual full-size mock stores on our campus, of our home office. And every Thursday, I think, or Tuesday, there was like a very specific day that we would all meet and we would go through the new floor set, the visual merchandising team. Yes, there was an entire team that did this that would put together how the store looked and then communicate that with all the other stores in the chain. And we would meet and go through with our CEO, with the visual merchandising team, what was going on in the store. Where were things going to be placed? Because here's the thing. Placement in your store is not just based on nothing. <laughs> like It's based on metrics. It should be based on you curating the assortment for your customer. What are the key items in that? And, and I'm going to go through that. But what I really learned in doing those walkthroughs with our CEO is that you know, he would move things around based on sales numbers, based on what we knew an item or a style was projected to do for that week, that month. It had to get moved either to the front or to the back. He also would look at things like, how did this item look on the flat? How did it look on a hanger? How did it look on a mannequin? All of those things were so important because frankly, you can't just lay something on a table and think, oh, it's going to sell itself. I often tell the story of one of my very best selling items in my boutique called the wrap sweatshirt. And the wrap sweatshirt looked absolutely horrible on a hanger. <laughs> we would have it hung and no one understood it. They couldn't see how it was going to look on their body. The minute someone tried that on, boom, it sold itself. And it sold like multiples of it, right? This is a $45 item. So what did I always need to make sure? I needed to make sure if it was wrap sweatshirt selling season, aka fall, winter, spring, that that wrap sweatshirt was on a mannequin somewhere because that's what I knew would sell it. I knew that women needed to see it on a body to say, oh my gosh, that is the cutest thing ever. I need to try that on. And once they tried it on, honestly, 10 out of 10 times they bought it. I really don't think anyone ever tried it on and said it didn't work. I want to walk you through why understanding visual merchandising, and this can go for e-commerce, this can work for social media as well. So I want, if you have those kind of businesses, a business that runs through social or through an e-commerce site, I really want you to listen and read between the lines here, okay? Because it is not just about presenting in a physical space. It's also presenting your items in a digital space as well. It works the exact same way, okay? So I want you to really tune in because what I'm going to tell you in this podcast is can truly make or break your business. And I can say this because most re recently I've had an experience in a store 
with a client where we walked through and I was like, oh my God, we need to change all these things. And so this, this whole podcast was really inspired off of that experience. And what I'm realizing more and more and more as I work with more people is that visual merchandising is something that we're not taught. We're not innately necessarily good at. And sometimes we even hire people that we think are really good at it and they're really not. And so I want to make sure that you understand why visual merchandising is important in your store, what you need to know about it, and some of the steps you can take to improve it and thus improve your sales. So one of the first things I need you to know about visual merchandising is that it can be a very quick key to tell you if you have too much or too little inventory. Generally, we have too much inventory. That's Really, most women that I work with as clients, they have too much inventory, and that's okay. But listen, you need to understand that the boutique shopper, these women, they're coming to you because you're curating clothing for them, right? There's a sense of exclusivity. There's a sense of urgency because you only have these small quantities. Yeah, you get me? They're not going to go to a Macy's, a Nordstrom. You know, they know when they go to those stores, oh, do you have this in the back room? Oh, they have three of each size, three of each color. You know, there's a lot of inventory there. But when they shop with you, they want it to feel more directed, more specific. And so if you're in a situation where you have a lot of inventory and you're not displaying it in a way that makes sense to the customer, they're going to get really overwhelmed. We need to always be merchandising. And this is going to sound really silly, but listen, right? We always need to be merchandising for the least calories expended. Does that make sense? So every time a customer walks into your store, they're going to visually scan the store and they're going to look for patterns. They're going to look for stories, what I like to call stories. And they're going to say, is this going to be an uplifting experience where everything's easy to understand? Or are they going to walk in that store and say, oh my God, nothing's organized. This is really overwhelming. I need to leave, right? That's the too many calories that they are having to use their brain power to understand what's going on in your store. And so you've got to think, how am I helping my customer better understand my assortment, better understand what I'm trying to present to them? And really guys, one of the biggest things here is that white space is a good thing. We always think, oh, more merchandise, more opportunities for sales. No, okay, especially in a physical space, especially on a website. If there's too many categories, if there's too many things going on, I'm going to get overwhelmed and I'm going to leave, okay? So the least calories expended, the better. Now, if you're in a physical space like a mobile boutique or a brick and mortar store, remember, you can always put some stuff in the back right? Let's say you're listening to this podcast and you walk in your store and you say, oh no, I think I have too much stuff. Emily just gave me all this clarity. Uh, I think I need to, you know, take some of my inventory away. That's okay. Because guess what? You can always take some, like I always say, like skim the top, right? Skim off some of your inventory, box it up and put it in the back, right? One of the things that I used to do was at the end of each season, I used to kind of go through and say, what could I use from the store now for the next time this season rolls around? So for example, around January 5th every year, I would go through my store and I would pull hats, gloves, 
uh, scarves, anything that looked obviously seasonal, but not too trend driven, right? So I knew that if I pulled these things out in October, they were still going to look relevant. Okay. Here's the thing. I know that by boxing that stuff up and reselling it or relaunching it, let's say in September, October, I knew two things. One, I wasn't going to lose money because I didn't have to mark it down, right? That's always our default. Our default is always like, oh, the season's ending. I have to mark it down. No, you don't. You can pack that stuff up. And number one, you're not going to lose money on it. And number two, you're not going to have to spend the money once September and October rolls around to buy new inventory. You can go in your back room, pull out that stuff for that season that you would box up and say, whoop, I've got a whole new display for free. I have spent no money on it. And actually, I'm probably going to make more money because it's still at full price, right? So remember, if you have too much inventory, if you feel like your store feels really packed in, I want you to go through and really cull down, right? So that means that if you have, let's say, seasonal items that you put on sale, pull those out, put them in the back room. I want you to, if you have, let's say, 10 of an item, I want you to go and take half of that and I want you to put it in the back room, okay? I want you to think less is more in your store because frankly, it always is, right? And you can always say to a customer as they're looking through an item, hey, you know what? If you don't see your size or you need multiples of that, we've got some more in the back right? You can always do that education around the customer. You don't have to think, well, oh no, right? What if a customer comes in and they don't see the size they want? Listen, people are trained <laughs> to ask, right? If they really want something and you or your employees should be trained to say, Hey, we actually have more of that in the back. So just know most likely you have too much inventory, call it down. It's really going to help your sales. I promise it's going to be easier for people to shop and it's easier for you to put some of that stuff in the back rather than mark it down, right? Money in your pocket in two different ways. Loving it? Good. Okay, next I want you to think about how you're actually displaying your items, right? So this is kind of what I talked about when I said, when I worked at Abercrombie & Fitch, we would walk through and things would get physically moved on tables, right? And again, e-commerce gals, think about, you're actually physically moving things to the front page or you know a more prominent area on your website, same thing. But we're merchandising by our best sellers, our key items, or what you've bought a lot of, okay? So as you are going through your store, you're gonna be creating these stories, making it really clear to the customer what you stand for during that week, during that season, whatever that means, right? So let's say it's springtime and, you know, you've decided that pastels, your customer loves pastels and she especially loves that in tops. So maybe right at the front of your store, you have three mannequins in pastel tops and right behind them is a rack with all your beautiful pastel tops that you've bought into, right? The customer walks in, she knows, wow, this store, I, I think I need a pastel top and I don't really know why. Here's why. Because you, as the merchant for your store, have told the story to her of what she needs to be buying. Makes sense, right? But how many of us are really doing this? Not many that I've seen, I'll be honest, right? So your front and forward table is the most important thing. Then as you walk through your store, anything to the right of your front and forward table is gonna be the next most important thing. So again, 
these are your number one, number two, number three focuses, right? You're showing the customer what she should buy because listen, they're coming to you for that authority and that focus. We are boutiques, right? We are not Macy's. We don't need to have everything and everything. We don't need to have underwear, t-shirts, pots and pans, right? We sell beautiful clothes, beautiful gifts, beautiful accessories, and that's it. Okay. So you've got to take a stand, right? You already went to market. Hopefully you took a stand with what you bought, right? According to how you bought certain, certain inventory, right? Now you've got to present that, that curation, that, that story to your customer. So I always recommend, you know, your front and forward table. That's the, the table that's right as you walk in. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, I want you to go to one of your favorite stores and I want you to walk through as I'm telling you, and I want you to go look for the front and forward table, okay? Front and forward. It's the first table that you will see as you walk in, okay? That's always what the store stands for, okay? That's what they bought the most into. That's what's addressing the trend, whatever it happens to be for that particular store. Next, to the right of that front and forward table, that should be the second most important thing, okay? An easy way to do this as well, let's say you're like, oh, I don't really know what I stand for. Oh, I, don't, I haven't really thought like this. So like, how do I backtrack? Here's how you backtrack. Go pull your sales for like the last, let's say a month. Okay. What are your top three categories? What are you selling the most of? That's your front and forward table. That's what's to the right of your front and forward table. One, two, three, boom, boom, boom. You reorganize your store to show that. Okay. So really easy, really good way to drive sales on some of your key items, best sellers, things you've bought deep into, put them out in front. Another like next level pro tip would be not only to put those at the front and to the right, but double expose those things in other places, right? If you've bought a lot of them, put them in another area of your store, okay? That's another easy way to make sure that, you know, maybe you're not overbuying, but you're being curated about what you're presenting to your customer. My third tip for you with visual merchandising, and hopefully you're loving this. If you are, I would love for you to go to either iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, and leave a rating and review. You know, I know this podcast has helped so many of you, and so I would love to ask you for your help in making sure that I can reach as many people as possible with this podcast. So all you have to do is go onto your podcast app, uh, find the uh, listing for my podcast, the Booster Boutique Podcast, and just drop a rating in there. Of course, I'd love a five star, <laughs> but I don't know if I can ask for that. I'll just ask for it. Um, and if you feel so compelled to leave a review, tell me what you're loving. Tell me what you need more help with. I would just just love that so much. So uh, I'll keep going into number three here. So number three in how to become a better visual merchandiser is to rotate merchandise once a week. And again, e-commerce gals, same for you, rotate what's on that front page. So often we think, well, we need to buy more inventory to have new stuff all the time. And if you've listened to me at all, you know that's not what does it, right? I knew I could buy things and run off of the same inventory for about four weeks even if the same people are walking in the store week after week, because I knew I could rotate those items. There is no way customers retain the look and feel and pricing of your store after just walking through it once. 
Okay. And so what you've got to know is that you can last a lot longer on some of the inventory you have if you just move it around. Crazy, right? Often I would try to hang things differently. Uh, you know, if something was flat on a table, I'd try standing it up. Or again, I would move mannequins. I would change the windows. And again, e-commerce, same thing for you, right? Maybe you try showing things on a flat lay versus on a mannequin versus on a model, right? There's so many different ways to sell to the customer, to let her see it so many times that we don't think about that. And I think what happens is we end up going to buy more before we've sold what we have. And frankly, I bet a lot of you are really good buyers. You have great items, you have great style. And I know that by using these tips that I've just presented to you, you're going to better show what you have to your customer and they're going to understand your point of view a lot better. I think that's the next level of merchandising that I really hope that so many of you can get to because you know anyone can go and buy clothes and start a boutique, right? This is where you really separate yourself from being just any boutique to being like the best boutique you possibly can be. It's these little subtle things that are really making your life easier in terms of sales and not having to worry about that, they're also making the customer's life really easy because you're helping them make decisions quicker. You're helping them shop quicker. You're helping them understand your stories, understand your style much faster. Just to recap, what you need to do to visually merchandise better. One is understand that you need to have a really curated look, right? You most likely have too much inventory and it's okay to have less and do more with it. Second, you've got to start merchandising by bestsellers, key items, or what you've bought a lot of. That's going to help you move through those units quicker. It's going to help you present your customer that story. And it's just overall better merchandising. And then lastly, you've got to move your stuff around. It's so easy. It's free. <laughs> and all you have to do is like have you or an employee move it around once in a while, right? You can move it around once a week, have a totally new look to the store, and it's free. Hopefully you've loved this episode of the Booster Boutique Podcast. As always, I've loved having you listen, and I can't wait until we get to meet again. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Did you love this episode as much as I did? Head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more.